Welcome to Lost Light and Laughter, an uplifting show about laughter after tragedy. I'm your host, Michelle A. If you're ready for some inspiration and laughter in your life, you've tuned in to the right show. It's time to show love, everybody. Show love one time. Strong enough to fight my battles. I know he'll never give me more than I can handle. My love, my king, the one that I... Hey, everyone. It's Michelle A. here, host of Lost Light and Laughter a show that discusses laughter after tragedy. Today, I have a very special guest on. Today, I have my younger sister, Katrina, and she's going to talk to you about the loss of her father. Katrina, come on in, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Hello, everyone. My name is Katrina, all the way from Brooklyn, New York, Michelle's youngest sister, And I'm going to be talking about the loss of my father today and how it affected my life. All right. So, Katrina, I want you to go ahead and tell us about the relationship you had with your dad. The relationship that I had with my father was amazing. You know, like, it was so loving. My father was very loving. He was always around. He was very hands-on. He spent a lot of time interacting with me and, you know, just having little talks with me and kind of prepping me on, you know, things of the future and how he would be around to see me through those things and combing my hair and, you know, picking out clothes for me to wear. He was such a great father. Yes. So Katrina, you have the freedom to share as much as you'd like. And so I want you to talk about what happened. Well, when I was around the age of seven, I got a phone call. Well, my mom got a phone call that it changed my life. You know, my father's sister called and I just remember her being really hysterical. And at the moment, I couldn't process why she was. I didn't understand. And, you know, my mother took the phone from her, um, took the phone and she spoke to my aunt and she kept asking my aunt to calm down to, you know, let her know what's going on. And my mother, you know, came back over and she said, you guys, your father's died. And I just remember it felt like somebody took the wind out of me at that moment. It's like I wanted to cry so hard at that very second, but I just didn't know what to do. I just became scared. And I remember just like after a while, just like really bawling and you know, my brother was trying to comfort me and give me a really tight hug to let me know it'll be all right. And I just remember trying to break loose from it because it's like, I need the air. I felt so claustrophobic and like, it was terrible. Like I I didn't know 
how to process everything. I didn't know, you know, I was still young at seven. So I still didn't really have a deep understanding of, you know, I'm not going to see my father ever again, you know, and it was very hard. And I think it was even harder actually seeing him laying on the hospital bed dead, you know, and I just remember my mom telling me, you know, you can go hug your father, give him, you know, a last kiss. And I'm just like, no, no, I don't want to touch him. I don't want to see him. I was so scared. And I definitely remember not wanting to see him that way, just hoping that he would wake up, just kind of saying, okay, this isn't real, you know, like, he'll be okay. He'll get better. Because prior to my father dying, the last time that I actually saw him and was able to interact with him fully, he was in the hospital. And I didn't know why. I just remember his stomach being pumped. And that was it. There wasn't really any questions that I remember asking or anything that I remember him saying. So it's like, okay, I seen him in the hospital and then I seen him dead, you know? And, um, it was very difficult to process at seven. And I just remember the main feeling that I had was just fear. I was so afraid, you know, afraid of like, okay, what happens now? How do I deal with this? How do I overcome this? How does this affect me? Right. How do I move forward? Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. What was it like to grow up without him? It was very difficult because for most young women, they always have the vision of, you know, when I get married, my dad will be able to walk me down the aisle and give me away. Right. Um, when I have my kids, he'll be the best grandpa running back and forth. And, yeah. You know, um, I didn't have that. I'm, you know, my dad is that I'm obviously not going to have that. And it does bother me, you know, because... I've seen so many young women have great bonds with their fathers and be able to do those things. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness, I wish I had my dad here to do those things with me. Yeah. And, you know, because I was so close to my father, I always said that, you know, I wanted to find somebody that reminded me of him because, you know, They say that, you know, a young lady's first love is always her father. Yeah. And, you know, not having my dad around really affected the relationships that I had with men. Mm -hmm. You know, I was always looking for someone to fill that void and someone to give the love that my father gave to me, you know, and I was always looking for someone that was going to go above and beyond like him and do all the nurturing things that my dad did. And that definitely impacted my life. 
in a negative way because of the choices that I made. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it had even gotten to a point where I was so desperately wanting that, Mm -hmm. that I was just settling for things that I knew I didn't even need to settle for. And I was settling for relationships that I know I had no business being in because it's like, okay, what are you going to get out of it? Right. But at the time, it just felt good that at least someone was there and that void was being filled. It wasn't good because the void wasn't being filled with something that was fulfilling or something that was positive. It was being filled with things that was actually sapping the life out of me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely understand that. You have an expectation in life on how it should go. And when it doesn't happen, you're crushed and you're grasping for any semblance of that. Um, So I definitely understand that. You said that you were seven, you know, really young when your dad passed. What was your relationship like at seven with God? Did you even know God? Did you have a relationship Where were you at that time with your faith? And I mean, some people, you know, I've heard of some people um, walking with the Lord at a very young age. Um, So I'd never jump to conclusion and and assume that someone has or has not a relationship with God. I just, so I'm going to ask, you know, where was God in all of this? Did you know God at seven? We'll be back after a quick break. I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity-filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. I feel like I was familiar with God, but I don't feel like I knew him. Mm -hmm. Um, We grew up in church and I remember always going to Sunday school and having to learn Bible scriptures and those things. But I don't think my relationship with God was so very deep at that moment because I was still so young. I feel. I feel like I memorized scriptures, you know, Mm -hmm. that I was supposed to. But as far as praying and, you know, getting familiar with my anointing or, you know, different callings upon my life at that time, I wasn't in tune with it. And it doesn't mean that, you know, God wasn't speaking to me or letting me know. I feel like I just didn't have an understanding of what it was then. Right, right. Because you were so young. So, so young. So what's your relationship with God like right now? My relationship with God is amazing now. And um, as I... You know, after my father died, I kind of um, just spiraled and, you know, I just kind of did my own thing. And, you know, it's not that I was like, oh, Lord, I'm upset with you because you took my father and you allowed this to happen. No, I just think I just went on with life and, you know, 
I, you know, always remembered certain scriptures that um, I learned in Sunday school, but yet again, I still wasn't familiar with the calling on, you know, on my life at that time. So I just continued on with life until I hit um, rock bottom, until I experienced some things in my life that really put me to my knees. And I just remember um, there was a day where I was just so heavily oppressed mm-hmm. and I was just like so battered mentally that I just I just remember falling to my knees and just praying and saying, God, you have to help me out of this. Mm-hmm. And I just remember my prayer just saying that because I didn't even know what else to pray because it wasn't something that I was doing on a day-to-day base. And Mm -hmm. God heard my cries. He sent me someone that um, knew my mother and she kept trying to invite me to church. Like, you know, come the prophet, you know, will speak to your life and encourage you. And I'm like, I don't need to hear from a prophet. I'm good. Everything is fine. Right, right. This is life. It's going to be all right. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. There's nothing the prophet could tell me about my life that I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, I was just being stubborn and rebellious and, you know, She invited me, you know, about maybe four or five times. And I'm like, no, I'm not going. My mom's like, yeah, you should go. And I'm like, I'm not going. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear from a prophet. I I don't, I don't want to go until one day I just surrendered. I was like, you know what? They want me to go. I'm going to go because I do not want to hear anymore. And when I went, I actually was able to give my life to Christ and the prophet did actually speak life into me because I felt like I was alive, but I was dead. Mm-hmm. And when he spoke life to me, it's, it just, it reminds me of that scripture where God says he will breathe his breath of life into our dry bones that mm-hmm. they may live again. Mm-hmm. And that's what that word did because God just started to move in my life. And, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't move like, slowly like he moved rapidly in my Mm. life and things just began to change things is breaking off of me the oppression the control I was just getting deliverance left and right and I was also getting the counsel of God yeah and you know it was amazing and you know Eventually, I couldn't go back to that church because of the commute being so far, Mm -hmm. but they connected me to um, pastors that, you know, have been my pastors since 2010. And this is my home church. And my relationship with God has been outstanding since then. Um, God has been speaking to me in ways now that I can understand, ways now that I'm familiar with. He's been showing me things and my relationship with God each day, it grows in a different way. And those are things that I didn't have at the age of seven. Right. Those are things that I didn't understand at the age of seven. And, you know, for a while I would kind of just mope about the loss of my father, you know, just periodically And then over a period of time, 
you know, I just asked God, I'm like, all right, but why, why did you allow this to happen? Like, I'm not upset, but I just want to know. And, you know, God is like, yeah, you may not have your earthly father, but you've gained your spiritual father who Mm -hmm. has access to all things, who can give you all things, who can fill that void that you have been wanting to fill for years that no man could fill. Right. Mm. And that was like one of the best things that God could have said to me because it makes so much sense. Amen. And it changed my mind. It changed my perspective. It even changed the way that I started to, you know, entertainment it's like okay that's that that was you know from the mindset back when I was seven but now I'm reborn yeah and you know I'm a new person I'm a new creature so it's like okay I don't have that mindset that I did then yeah I have a new mindset and that's because the Lord gave it to me so it's just a blessing and I just love the relationship that I have with God And I just thank God for really restoring me because, you know, death is something that can impact people in so many ways. And it's things, it's not anything that you can just sweep under the rug. Right, right. It's a process. It takes time. And I thank God that he allowed me to have the grace to go through that process the patience. And I thank God for delivering me and healing me in the process. Amen. He is so merciful. God is good and his mercy endures forever. Wow. I just, I love hearing it. Um, Just the transition from the hurt and the pain and even some of the destructive patterns that we all sometimes do. And I just love to hear how good God is that he didn't leave us there because he knows our struggles. He knows the hurt that we're experiencing and he steps in and he does it the way we, he needs to do it for us. Um, And we all have our own individual stories of how God has just came in and delivered us. So tell me that's pretty rough. You know, you, you, you're growing up without a dad and, you know, God steps in and, I'm like, and I don't know if you can even remember. So I'm going to do this. I want you to talk about the laughter. When was the first time, if you can remember back to seven or eight years old, when you laughed again, where you felt like hope was there? Or did it happen a little bit later where you just felt true joy and happiness and laughter after Christ? So tell me your laughter. You know, what's something that brings joy and you just, every time you think about it, you laugh. Well, I'm going to piggyback on something that um, you said that stood out to me. Mm -hmm. You said it's good when we accept what God gives to us or how he does it versus how we want to. And for me, I was sitting back and, you know, 
I was making all these poor choices, like I said, you know, with the men and, you know, with different things in my life because I wanted to be in control and I felt like I knew better than God. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, when things don't work out, it's like, Lord, why you didn't allow this to work out? <laughs> why didn't this come to pass? Right. And I remember one day I was so annoyed with God, like, look, why you keep letting me go through this? And why you keep? And God said to me, I didn't ask you to do that. All I asked you to do was trust me. Right. And I started cracking up because I said, you know what, Lord, you're right. And you know what, from now on, I'm just going to mind my business and let you do what you need to do. And you know what? As I laughed about it and I really uh-huh. made up my mind and made up my heart that I'm going to let God do it. Uh-huh. I noticed that so much things has changed. Like I said, even the the things that I look for now, it's like, no, God, you do it. I want you to do it. I don't even want to pick this job no more. You pick the job. I don't even want to pick the car. You pick the car. I don't (laughs) want to pick the home. You do it. Because I'm like... Lord, when you do it, it's less stress for me. Yeah, I know that's right. Go on, Jesus. (laughs) I know. That's right. Let me get that easy, that easy part. Yeah, I know that's right. I go to, I go to God. I'm like, Lord, look, I seen this thing that I need to get done. I don't know how to do it. But look, I'm going to just leave it to you and I'm going to go on and I'm going to take this nap. And I think by the time I wake up, you got it resolved. Thank you, Lord. Bye. (laughs) I know we all want that easy yoke. Like, just tell me what to do, Lord. Just tell me and make it make it plain. So I understand what you're saying. There's no confusion. Okay, that's it. No headache. I love it because sometimes like just being able to laugh at our folly. Okay. (laughs) Like we were messing up and God just corrects us. And we're like, you know what? You're right. God, (laughs) it's me. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I said, Lord, what are you going to do with your daughter here? Oh my goodness. I said, I know I'm a piece of work father, but thank God you love me unconditionally. (laughs) Come on now. And that's what happens when we let him in. We can see how silly we were being and it causes us to have that level of grace and compassion for the next person. You know, they messing up, you know, you've been there, (laughs) but you remember what it took to get from point A to point B and how God was just so gracious and merciful to you and how he responded. It was like, "Uh uh-uh, sweetie, that's on you. And he did it in a way where, And I mean, just listening to the laughter was there was no condemnation. There was correction. (laughs) He corrected you, but you felt no condemnation from the correction. It was just like, you know, God, you are so right. You've been right. You were always right. (laughs) Yes, 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 absolutely. Like, Lord, all right now, I'm going to catch up on these 16 hours of sleep. Because I lost it trying to figure everything out and gave myself a headache. So let me catch up to that. And, you know, we'll touch base, God. I know you got me. (laughs) Amen. Amen. He is so good. 
Okay. Amen. So here's the thing. Let's finish this up. Thank you so much for coming on. Is there You're anything welcome. you want to kind of just let the people know? Um, it's up to you. Uh, or you can say your favorite scripture or just anything you want to leave the people with. Because you know what? I know there's a young lady out there that's lost her dad. And she's probably experiencing the exact same feelings and emotions, probably took a couple wrong turns in life as well, too. So if you could um, give a word to the younger Katrina, okay, or just another young girl out there that's going through the same thing, what would you say? Well, I would definitely let them know patience. Patience is the main thing, because I think in the healing process, We want to heal so badly that we sometimes rush the healing Mm -hmm. and we don't take the time to really heal inside. We just see like the little scab on the cut and we're like, okay, it's healed. And we rip the bandaid off, but not knowing that sometimes in doing that, you could also rip your scab off as well. So Mm. I feel like being patient with yourself Mm-hmm. being patient with others and being mm-hmm. patient with God first and foremost to get you through the healing process mm-hmm. will definitely set you where you need to be because it's not an overnight process. We don't just get up and it's gone. No, it takes time. And I think that sometimes we set a time limit or a time frame for certain things. And mm-hmm. when it doesn't come to pass, we discourage ourselves because of the expectation that we set. Right, right. So with just giving yourself the opportunity to take it one day at a time, one encounter at a time, is the best thing that you can do to move forward in your healing and to get through your mourning and your your grieving period. And once you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just know that the joy and the anointing and the love is going to just, it's going to be so amazing that it's going to cause a shift and you're going to see that everything that you've been fighting is going to become so much easier for you. And God is going to take absolute control. He's going to help you. He's going to deliver you. Just trust the process and be patient. Amen. Such good advice. I really appreciate that. And I know our listeners will appreciate that as well, too. Once again, I want to thank you so much for coming on and being vulnerable and transparent and sharing your story. And I just, you know, I thank you. I thank God and I thank him for all the listeners out here. And I just pray that the people that need to hear and receive it, they'll be blessed by your story. And so I want to thank everybody for coming on. Thank you. Yes. Thank you all for listening. And that concludes Lost, Light, and Laughter with Michelle A. Catch you next time. Everybody show love one time. It's time to give praise. Everybody give praise one time. Yeah. It's time to show love. Everybody show love one time.